0: Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another day, another injury. So it goes for us Cleveland Browns fans. Thank you for stopping into this Locked On Browns podcast for October 12th, Wednesday. And so here we are again with more information, uh, another report of another injury, and so and this time it's to a, another player who is really important, right? And so Joel Batonio has hurt his ankle, which uh, we'll spend a couple minutes just kind of talking about that, the impact of it, what it would look like um, for uh, the team and all that. Talk a little bit more about just kind of injuries in general. And then today I just want to talk a little bit about Kevin Hogan. And so uh, the Browns right now... Um, There's a chance Cody Kessler, uh, Josh McCown, and Kevin Hogan will be healthy. Just want to talk a little bit about the rookie, where he's been, what we expect from him. Could he play and all that kind of stuff. But the news of today and kind of what we look to do here in the Lockdown Podcast Network is to be your on-demand sports radio. And so when we talk about on-demand, it's nothing more on-demand than kind of the news of the day. And so uh, Joel Batonio looks like he'll be out for several weeks uh, with an ankle injury. And so those of you who have followed sports for long enough uh, know that ankle injuries can be anything from tape it up and get back in there to high ankle sprains, uh, which can be damaging for a long period of time. And so uh, my guess is our my new contributor on the Orange and Brown Report, Brandon Bowers. Uh, will probably talk a little bit about it. He put out his first edition of Injuries in English today, talking about Corey Coleman's broken hand. And so um, but we know that he'll be out probably for a couple of weeks, at least two to three weeks, uh, probably a little bit more, which tells us it's probably a severe issue with his ankle. And for offensive linemen and defensive linemen, really ankle flexation is really, really important. It's the ability to kind of, it allows them to drop their body, get the uh, kind of the momentum going where they want it to go, keep leverage where they need it to go. And so the v- ability to flex your ankle appropriately is really, really important for an offensive lineman like Petonio, especially as the Browns like to use their offensive linemen uh, to kind of pull, to get out in front of things, those kind of things. And so, again, an offensive line that um, at different levels have struggled, um, even though they had the best rushing attack through four weeks and then looked terrible last week, they've also allowed their quarterbacks to get hurt and get hit pretty regularly. And so losing Petonio, who is most... Would assume or believe he's the second rated quarter or lineman behind Joe Thomas is a big hit, so it'll be interesting to see if Jonathan Cooper uh, just picked up on waivers from New England who uh, was a former uh number six overall pick uh for the Arizona Cardinals to see if he slides in uh do they move Alvin Bailey over does Cameron Irving return allowing John Greco to move lots of things kind of up in the air and so a week after looking horrible in the run game against the New England Patriots, the Browns now hit another big injury with Betonio. And so uh, I wrote about it on the Orange and Brown report yesterday uh, for our premium subscribers, just talking about why week six still matters. And so there's a couple reasons in there. And so their running game is going to be a big piece of that. And without Betonio, it'll be interesting to see how Hugh Jackson decides to respond. He struggled a little bit this year kind of going away from the run, and so with Petonio out, the possibility Cameron Irving misses another week uh, and all that shuffling on the offensive line, does he still try to run it down uh, the Titans' throats so that he can protect the quarterback a little bit better, kind of feel like he can control the game, or does he really want to throw the ball thinking he can kind of control the game and, and kind of control things offensively with his play calling and the way that he calls things? Either way, we know Betonio uh, being out for a couple weeks will be another big hit to the Cleveland Browns, and that's just unfortunate, is that the Browns, not only did we know they were going to struggle this year, but their injuries have really taken a toll on them. And so without Joe Betonio, it'll be interesting to see how the Browns create some kind of run game with Joe Thomas as really the only anchor on the offensive line. Can they scheme in a way to make something happen, both run game and to protect uh, their two quarterbacks who, uh, in McCown and Kessler, who could return this week, but are still going to be struggling with their injuries. And Kevin Hogan, a rookie who uh, may or may not get snaps this week, but has no experience and was already cut once this year. betonio's injury is a big one, but just another injury in the slew of injuries the Browns have struggled with this year. Before we uh, continue to talk about injuries, it's a good time to remind you that Locked on Browns is brought to you by SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's the 50-yard line, the club seats, or the upper level. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. So if I'm not covering the game as a member of the media, I can be anywhere. And just with a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek prices compares for you By searching multiple ticket sites, prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on the value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So again, to get your $20 rebate and tickets, download the SeatGeek app. That's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Go to the settings tab and click on add promo code and then enter my promo code. That's L-O Browns. That's L-O Browns for Lockdown Browns. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app. And enter promo code L O Browns today. So since injury is you know kind of the big topic, um, I actually had a buddy of mine Clay send me a direct message and and wondered if the uh, training camp and kind of Hugh Jackson's kind of uh, way of doing things, which is definitely not a club med kind of thing, he wondered if that was too hard, if the camp was too hard, um, if these injuries were kind of related to how they were training people, and so. Um, while that's an interesting way of thinking, I think when we look at the injuries that the Browns have dealt with, I think we have to be very honest about the fluke nature of all of the injuries. So you're talking about Corey Coleman and Carl Nassib, uh, Cameron Irving, uh, and now Joe Batonio are the non-quarterback related issues, right? And so Coleman got his hand stepped on in practice. That's a bone. Carl Nassib, again, I don't officially know how he broke his hand, but again, he broke his hand. You have uh, Cameron Irving, who um, got hurt blocking and had a bruised lung. Not sure there's a lot of uh, training you can do to not have a bruised lung. Uh, I don't care how much you can bench press. Um, And now we have Joe Batonio, who, uh, from what I understand, was rolled up on uh, in a way that's just going to, your ankles are going to hurt. And so the issue with kind of, is it a cultural issue? And then let's we'll get to that in a second and then you have the quarterbacks right all of them have hurt something near or around their shoulder collarbone area um Kessler Griffin um and Robert Griffin I'm sorry Robert Griffin III McCown and Kessler and then you have Whitehurst uh who had his own injury which led to him being released uh injured um but all of those injuries Whitehurst obviously wasn't with the team for very long all of these injuries we're not talking about hamstring uh, growing, soft tissue kind of issues. If we were, that's where you're going to be concerned that maybe something is wrong. Maybe um, some type of planning, uh, some type of thing in training camp, some way that they're doing things um, a among the Browns caused the issues. We really haven't seen those kind of injuries. There are going to be some here and there. Joe Hayden's had some injuries, um, those kind of things. But we haven't seen the kind of soft tissue issues that would bring out concerns that the Browns aren't doing something right. And so that's actually an encouragement. And so while these injuries seem pretty fluky, or they're not positive, they're not something we want or excited about or anything like that. The reality is, is that we're not talking about uh, an issue that is kind of program wise why that they're not doing things. I did make the jokes. And so there were all these bone issues that maybe the Browns need to drink a little bit more milk. Maybe that would happen. Maybe that would help strengthen their bones, but the reality is you have very big men uh, playing as other very big men who are running really, really fast, really, really hard, and are very, very strong, and so you're going to have some of these kind of issues. Again, I would say the hand issues are pretty fluky. Um, The Cameron Irving issue happened, again, probably pretty fluky. Joe Batonio getting rolled up on, that happens a lot in the NFL, and that happens a lot uh, for players, and so... Um, it's not something that I'm concerned about what Hugh Jackson has done. It's quite the opposite. I actually believe the Browns have done a very good job of creating a culture of strength, of winning um, in the weight room and those kind of things that we haven't seen a ton of pulls and strains and uh, the soft tissue issues, which often are things that can be controlled. And so while it's frustrating maybe the Browns are just getting it all out of the way this year when they're terrible instead of having these kind of big issues later. So if we believe that they're fluky, hopefully that luck kind of turns around as the team starts to turn around as early as next season. And so is it an issue for the Browns? I would say no. Is it something that's frustrating? Absolutely. And so all of the injuries have led us to what I would say is our sixth different quarterback. Now the reality is, is it looks like either Cody Kessler or Josh McCown or both will be available for this Sunday's game. Again, you never know whether or not the training staff and the doctors will will release both of them to play based on their injuries. We know Josh McCown's a gamer. We know he wants to play until his body falls apart. So the reality of of the situation will be it'll be the doctor deciding he can't play. Uh Cody Kessler has seen shown a lot of that as well. And so Um, the odds that Kevin Hogan plays are still probably about 50-50 though. And so, um, from Robert Griffin III to Josh McCown to Cody Kessler to Terrell Pryor to Charlie Whitehurst, and now possibly to Kevin Hogan. What do we see from Kevin Hogan? And do we think Kevin Hogan coming out of college in Stanford with uh, some experience with uh, Pep Hamilton? can make an impact for this team. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um. Five seconds. Oh, switching to GEICO could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges... That's true, Kevin. Bill and congratulations. You're a winner. Woo. GEICO, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. So what do we see out of Hogan? Coming out of college, so he was a fifth-round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Um, you know, he's 162nd overall. Again, that's not a high draft pick, but 162nd overall is a draft pick that you expect to make a team, and Kevin Hogan did not make the team for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the other interesting thing there is oftentimes when a rookie, especially one that was drafted, gets cut by a team, often that team tries really, really hard to get them on their practice squad. It makes sense. It's someone who they invested at least a draft pick in. It's someone who they uh, knows their system a little bit, uh, can help them kind of develop, and Unfortunately for the Chiefs, Hogan, uh, maybe even the Browns, Hogan didn't sign with the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. We don't know for sure whether that's because the Chiefs didn't want to bring him back. Uh, There's been some conjecture, a lot of conjecture that the Chiefs just didn't see it with Hogan and just kind of washed their hands of their fifth round pick. Um, Again, 162nd overall. They just washed their hands of him and decided to move on. That makes sense, right? Right. Um, for Hogan, it would make a lot of sense to join a practice squad of a team that they that he knows um, that he doesn't have to learn a new system and try to get um, acclimated to a new program doesn't have to move his family. again, drafted in the fifth round you kind of hope or expect you'll at least be in Kansas City for at least a year, possibly even more. you're a quarterback, um, you know all of those kind of things you're a six foot three, you know 220 pound quarterback. You expect to be there for a little while. So if it's up to Hogan, it seems like his decision would have been pretty easy uh, to stay in Kansas City. But Kansas City did not sign him to um, to their practice squad. And so the Browns did. Again, he has some familiarity with Pep Hamilton and Pep Hamilton's type of offense uh, from his time at Stanford. But it has to be concerning that a fifth-round pick at quarterback with his size and kind of his... Uh, demeanor. He's someone kind of similar to that Tim Tebow, who works really hard. Players love playing with, coaches love coaching. Uh, you know, real strong-willed character guy. Uh, that he was cut, you know, and so obviously the comparisons to Andrew Luck at Stanford were just unfair for him. Um, but it's interesting when you look at NFL.com's um, bottom line of his draft profile. It says Hogan has the size, mobility, and quarterbacks demeanor that could interest a team on the third day of the draft. He doesn't have the arm that many teams look for, and his intermediate and deep accuracy still needs work. Hogan will need time and coaching to try to improve his mechanics and footwork if he wants to have a shot to be an NFL backup. So, a couple of things of interest there, and a lot of that is backed up by a lot of the people I know and trust uh, who do scouting. Is he has size, but not the arm strength. So many people assume a six foot three, two hundred twenty pound quarterback. Hogan looks this big part. But he does not have the arm strength. Now, the Browns believe that they can really work on arm strength. They did with Cody Kessler when it comes to his mechanics, his uh, lower body, his core, some of those kind of things. They really believe that they can improve arm strength. Then, so he maybe doesn't have the arm strength. Then he doesn't have accuracy in the intermediate or deep ball. Now, we've seen some of, of what's important to Hugh Jackson when it comes to Cody Kessler, and that's accuracy, right? Kessler hasn't been perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's been his accuracy, his ball placement, uh, especially in the short game, uh, short and intermediate game, that has really kind of set him apart and allowed him to be uh, what I would consider successful. Hogan doesn't seem to have that. And a lot of that comes from really his mechanics, his footwork. He really struggles with his footwork. Uh, One of the Bleacher Report guys um, had a very simple statement when looking at his negatives. And that is God bless the quarterback coach tasked with fixing Hogan's mechanics. His feet are never the same. Um, He throws off different platforms, not in an Aaron Rodgers kind of way, but um, one of the things you want from a a quarterback and a pitcher is replicatable mechanics. You want to see the same thing kind of over and over again, especially in kind of the normal three to five step drop. You want to see a quarterback who hits that back foot reads his progressions, and then everything else looks very, very similar. Unfortunately, with Hogan, we did not see that. We haven't seen that. And it could be one of the reasons the Chiefs cut him and did not bring him back. Of everything, whether it's his arm strength, accuracy, everything starts with his mechanics. His footwork, his lower body, his legs, his back, his arm, uh, his shoulders, where he's pointing... Um are very, very vital into what a good quarterback can look like. Hogan hasn't shown that. And so um, it's interesting that NFL.com talks about his mobility. I'm not sure Hogan really shows the kind of mobility that we need in the NFL. He has the ability to run the ball. The problem is, is his feet are not really ready to do anything. And so quarterbacks who can run in the NFL often are running out of um, specific run play or pass plays where they just need to run the ball. Every once in a while, you're looking at a quarterback draw or some type of run pass option, re- zone read, those kind of things. For Hogan, he may do fine in some of those designed runs where he has a purpose to what he's doing. The problem will be when he drops back to pass, that mobility kind of goes out the window because it's not purposeful he will need to show a purposeful use of his feet if he's going to develop at the next level. Again, whether or not he can ever develop as a good quarterback, a decent quarterback, or a backup quarterback is still up in the air. Many didn't believe that Cody Kessler was ready to show what he did. So if Kessler and McCown miss this week, could Kevin Hogan be the next surprise? Because I know I thought Cody Kessler would look like a worse version of Colt McCoy based on his development so far this season. And he did anything, um, everything to dispel that. Instead, he looked like a low-level Andy Dalton, uh, whose ceiling would be the best version of Andy Dalton, um, which again is good, maybe not great. Uh, And so we're that surprised by Cody Kessler. It'll be interesting if Kevin Hogan can surprise us the same way. Again, week six matters for the Browns. I wrote it about out on the Orange and Brown Report, so you can check that out there. You can go to the OBR.com. We're a part of Scout Media. so And you can find all of my tweets, all of my writing, whether it's for the Wine and Gold Report, the soon-to-be-unveiled CLE for me, where we cover all of Cleveland sports, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and a variety of other topics kind of around the city of Cleveland, um, or Uh, Again, the Orange and Brown Report. So make sure you check me out on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast, a part of the Locked On Network. We are the fastest growing podcast network in the United States. And there is a reason for that. We want to bring you the best on-demand sports talk radio you can find. And I hope you find that here on this Locked on Browns podcast. Thanks for stopping by and go Browns.